you're listening to the Mito podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Megan. And today we have a special guest with us. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, I'm Hannah. Um, I'm 19 years old and I'm from Indiana. And you're going to college right now, right, Hannah? Yes. Um, uh, my major is bio and I'm hoping to um, go to school for genetic counseling. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm assuming that you were inspired to go down this road because of your Mito journey. Um, yeah, somewhat, somewhat not. I've always just kind of liked science and kind of been interested. So kind of both. Um, well, how did your Mito journey begin? Like where, what's the, what's the starting point for you? So, um, mostly it started when I was, uh, little tiny, um, I was having, um, a lot of stomach issues and, um, I was having, um, hypotonia and, um, that's kind of where it all started. And then as I got older, I started having a lot of seizures and those seizures, um, weakened the right side of my body a lot. And so, um, paired with that and the stomach issues and, um, some other like neuro stuff. Uh, we went to Cleveland Clinic and um, I was uh, tested for Mito. Well, tested. Mm-hmm. Did, so what, what did they do to test you for Mito? Do you remember what kind of, um, what test they did? Yeah. So uh, because it was, I was diagnosed back in like 2005-ish. So, well, it actually be more like 2006 or 2007. I was in kindergarten, I think. Um, so there wasn't really like genetic, genetic testing. And um, since I was so young, they didn't really want to put me through a muscle biopsy. So I was just clinically diagnosed. Okay. And since then, have you had any additional diagnosis or any additional testing done or has it... Sorry, that was my dog. He has a cone around his head right now, and it's really loud. <laughs> um, so, have they? I'm sorry. Have they done any more testing, or have you just stuck to the clinical diagnosis? Um, pretty much just the clinical diagnosis. Um, as I got older, things started to get a little bit worse. Um, I started to have uh, more stomach issues, and I started developing a lot of dysautonomia symptoms. Um, so, like, I was diagnosed with. Uh, POTS and some other kind of diagnoses, but I'm not going to get tested right now, maybe more in the future. Um, But for right now, I'm just kind of happy where I am. I don't feel like I need to know anything specific. I'm just kind of going with the flow. Okay. Um, Did they give you an idea of um, what type of mito diagnosis or did they just say, um, something like a, a mito dysfunction or, um, does, did they give you anything more specific? Yeah. So, um, well, back then too, there wasn't a lot of, um, they didn't know as many types of mitochondrial disease as there are now from back then. Um, I'm saying back then, like it was a long time ago. It's not a long time ago, but <laughs> no, but you know what though, it's, I was just thinking it's so important that you are saying that because science has gotten so much further in what, I mean, yeah, it doesn't sound 2005. I mean, it doesn't sound like that long ago, but for us, for, for Mito people, it, 
a lot has happened in that what last 15 years, like a lot has happened. So I, I get how you're referring to it because it doesn't seem like it, but um, we've definitely gone through a lot of discoveries and a lot of like hundreds of mitochondrial diseases have been found in that 15 years. So I, both Megan and I understand. <laughs> Especially when it comes absolutely to- absolutely shocks me. Sorry. It absolutely shocks me that um, there's so many, like there's hundreds and like, I get it because mitochondrial, mitochondria has its own little DNA, but still, wow, absolutely shocks me. Yeah. And then I think at this, the last fact that I read was that there was over 350 different mitochondrial diseases right now. That's, that's, that means that there's 350 that have names. That doesn't mean that there aren't another 350 that we just haven't called anything yet. Okay, so so what um what was that diagnosis? What did they um what did they say? Um, so they kind of narrowed it down to um, uh, M E L A S or maybe some type of Merck. Um, so I think M E L A S stands for uh, mitochondrial encephalomyopathy, lactic acidosis, and stroke-like episodes. Mm-hmm. And then um, for our listeners too, if you don't recognize that. It's also referred to as MELAS. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I don't remember exactly what MRF stands for. Um, something with red ragged fiber, fibers, but. Um, so yeah, they kind of narrowed it down to that, um, especially because I was having such uh, weakness in my right spot, my right side from the seizures. They kind of thought that that would kind of be indicative of uh, the stroke-like episodes. Okay. Are you on medication now for your seizures? Um, no, those actually got a lot better as I got older. Um, those kind of stopped when I went on the mitococktail. Um, so, but yeah, they pretty much stopped. That's good. Yeah. Um, I know it's kind of hard because, um, Every time I talk about the mitococktail, I always have to look back and figure out how to pronounce certain things. But uh, can you share with us what is in your mitococktail? Sure. Uh, so I take, I won't give the doses, but I take L-carnitine. Um, I take vitamin C. Um, I take vitamin D, um, CoQ10, um, riboflavin, Um vitamin E, um, I think that's all for like the mito stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just take iron supplements, which I mean, yeah, half the world takes it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's, it's good that you um, were able to tell us what is in that because it seems to be with a lot of the people that we have been able to speak with, that those are the, the main supplements that um, is in the cocktail. And it is obviously a little bit different for each person, especially with doses. And if you're a baby, if you're a toddler, if you're an adult. Um, so it's actually really nice to hear that because um, every once in a while, Megan and I will hear of something we've never heard of before. We're like, wait, what is that? <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Um, 
And what, so as an adult, cause I know, uh, so we've been trying to get this podcast put together for a couple of weeks. Um, but you were in the middle of finals, which is really exciting. How did you, do you know how you did? Um, yeah, I actually, I haven't gotten one test back, but, um, I got a 95% on my organic chemistry test today, which I am very excited about. <laughs> I was stressing out about that like crazy. Um, I, I was a bio major too. That's what my degree is. Yeah. That was one of the hardest it's, classes. <laughs> I know it's terrifying. <laughs> um, and then the rest of them, I got uh, either B's or A's. So good job. It's good done job. with though. Yeah. I'm so happy it's done with. <laughs> So um, the reason I brought that up was because it was finals week. And so um, we kept postponing because we wanted to make sure that you had enough time to study for your finals. And yes, thank you for doing that. (laughs) Um, So with finals, um, and I'm sure you're you're probably so happy, like the stress is so much lower. But what does that mean for you as an adult, a young adult to have Mito and also going to college and going through these finals? Um, what is, what is Mido, what is your everyday Mido like? Right. So, um, being in college is, it is a little bit stressful. Um, um, you have to really learn to listen to your body. Um, from being diagnosed at such a young age, I've kind of learned to recognize the signs and the signals that, uh, my body just kind of needs in order to, um, remain stable and steady. Um, I always say, uh, push steady, not push through. Um, so that's helpful. And, um, I mainly deal with a lot of fatigue right now and stomach issues and some other like dysautonomic stuff, but, um, all of that just kind of tells me that, um, I need to really listen to my body and slow down or stay steady. Um, I have a lot of accommodations for academic stuff, which is really helpful. Um, I get extra time on assignments and if I need to miss a class, it's excused. Um, and I have my own room, like my, a single room. So that's nice because if I need to sleep or take a nap, then I can, and I don't bug anyone or I don't like disrupt anyone. No one disrupts me. So that's really nice. That's good. Yeah. That's amazing that I know colleges do accommodations as well, but that's really helpful for people who it is have any sort of disability to be able to have certain accommodations that follow you from all your schooling and your IEPs and all of that to actually into college. So that's helpful to know. Yeah. And my, thankfully my uh, college is really good at it. They're really accommodating and um, the disability service, the disability services is really, really kind and really helpful. And it's just been a really good experience. That's really good to hear. Yeah. Um, Is there, um, let me see what other notes I had written down. Um, is there anything that you wanted to tell other people that are just starting their Mito journey, whether it's it be parents or um, people around your age or even older than you? So um, I guess the main things that I would say is just um, advocate for yourself because not a lot of doctors know what mitochondrial disease is. And you know what? That's okay because they learn a certain skill set and I mean, they can build on that skill set, but they're not going to know everything. So that's okay. You just kind of had to educate and advocate for yourself and say, this is what I need, which sometimes goes okay. Sometimes it doesn't, but um, 
and also definitely learning to listen to your body, recognizing, recognizing those uh, signs in your body and those signals on your body is really helpful. Um, and also understanding that it is hard, but um, as long as you, um, well, I guess, I guess a lot of opportunities are going to rise and they're going to, and they're going to be um, depleted, I guess is the right word, but not, not necessarily depleted, but a lot of opportunities are going to be more of a struggle than others because of that. But you're also going to have new opportunities. So like for me, I recognize that I may not be able to do certain things that other people might be able to on a daily basis, but I also know that um, since I do want to be in genetic counseling, I know that I'm going to have the opportunity to connect to people on a different level and the ability to understand um, what people are going through. And um, yeah, yeah. It's kind of just a, um, a um, um, well, I like the message that you brought up earlier, the push study instead of pushing through. I think that's mm -hmm. really because um, you, it goes along with what you were saying about understanding your body and knowing what is what keeps you your energy source, um, so that you you can be able to do as much as you possibly can. If you just push through, then the next day you might not have that energy to to keep going to 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 do the things that you want to do. So I think that that was a, a great message, and also just advocating for yourself and this and, and for your children or, or whoever it is you're advocating for is it does suck to have to be the doctor. I mean, you have so much research that you have to do, but you're doing it for an important cause. And like you said, you have to educate doctors, which is not something that we're used to. We, we go to the doctor thinking they're going to have all of the answers and they're just human, right? Right. Definitely. They're just like us. Um, just because they, they went to school a little bit longer and spent a little bit more on their degree doesn't mean they have all the answers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we do have to give them a break. Um, and, and obviously that goes with um, how you're treated as a person, not necessarily with for your diagnosis, but as a person. And you want to go to the doctors that will listen to you and are open to getting more education. And, and you want to inspire them to want to advocate for you too. So I think that that was all very, very important and a good message to bring to, to other people, especially the advocate. Cause like when our, our, when everything started with Angie, my daughter, um, that was, that was one of the hardest things you don't, you don't know where the line is. You don't want to cross it, but at the same time you have to, <laughs> And it's uncomfortable, but at the end of the day, you are who is important and who else is going to speak up for yourself other than you. Right. And speaking up also like kind of speaks up for other individuals too, you know? Yes. Um, so like um, if, if um, another person is going through the same kind of process of diagnosis and it's kind of in their mind, you know, maybe it's this, or maybe it's not that maybe it's mitochondrial disease, you know? So that helps too. And I think too, it's pretty amazing. I mean, just the fact that you're going to college, you're going to a school where you're not only helping the disability office to understand what Mito is, but all of your teachers and all your teachers are going to teach 
so many more students and now that they've had the experience of meeting you and being able to understand what Mido is through you, that's going to, that's going to impact a lot of people. I mean, there's going to be such a huge ripple with you just being in someone's class. And I think that that's beautiful. It's, it's amazing. Especially if you want to be a biology major. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I was thankful to really, I was thankful to be diagnosed with uh, mitochondrial disease very mildly. So I'm really glad I get to have the opportunity to do these things. Yeah. I think that's great. Especially in that, that one day in class when they get to talk about mitochondria, (laughs) you can just be I have a lot to say about that. (laughs) that Teacher, can you sit down? You can take the day off. (laughs) Definitely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, That's like my students. I was a middle school teacher for 15 years and I taught life science. And every time we came to mitochondria, I was like the poor kids. (laughs) They knew how to sell it. They knew what it did. They knew the disease. They knew, they knew everything by the time they walked out of my class. And it's funny because one of our other moms who we do a lot with, she teaches high school and my kids would go to and be in her Spanish class. Oh, I had Miss Carter. I know all about mitochondrial disease because her two daughters have it as well. And so it's just, you know, it's one of those things where when it's near and dear to your heart and, um, you just automatically start spreading awareness. And I think also too, what you said about, you know, being a genetic counselor and being able to connect on a whole different level with patients. It is very true because, you know, we are fortunate in San Diego to have some amazing doctors here, geneticists, genetic counselors, you know, Dr. Haas, who is you know, one of the top um, mitochondrial specialists. And, you know, when you get in that situation and you, you are able to speak to somebody that has gone through the same journey, or even if it's you know not mitochondrial disease, but has a, a genetic <clears throat> diagnosis for something, it just, you know, like you said, you just connect on another level. And that will put a lot of your, your parents and your patients at ease to know that you have all this experience yourself with, with being diagnosed. So that's gonna be, that's gonna be really special for your patients. And it's also really fun being in college and talking to these professors, these like biology professors that have done research, so much research on these things. And once you tell them, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I want to know everything about you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> now you also, I wanted to have a, put a little plug in for um, your guys' Instagram. Um, and also you, you also do a podcast, correct? Uh, no, we don't do a podcast. No. Oh, I thought you guys did. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Um, we just kind of um, raise, a, raise awareness for other diseases. Um, I'm the one with mitochondrial disease, obviously. Um, and there are one, two, three, four other girls that help run the page. And we, our kind of mission is to bring awareness to um, all kinds of diseases and share people's stories and just kind of let people know that, um, we are here as a connect as a um, connection. Now, what is the, so that our listeners know where to look for it? What is your Instagram page called? So it's called uh, Young People Chronic Illnesses. Um, it's Young People underscore Chronic Illnesses. So it's pretty easy to find. It's long, but it's pretty easy to find. Um, yeah. yeah. Awesome. That's really great that you're doing that as well, because I know for Ashley and I, um, we both 
have children that have mitochondrial disease. And, you know, that's, that's our goal is to help families, to spread awareness, to really, you know, help people out there that, you know, have gone through our experiences or get, getting ready to go through. And for you to be helping young people who, you know, are diagnosed with rare diseases, all these little things that you put out there are just, you know, it's, they're, it's really helping people. And that's why we do our podcast. So that's great that you guys are doing an Instagram page. Yeah. And it's really cool too, because um, you get to connect with so many people, like even people without mitochondrial disease, you know, I mean, there's a big Instagram community, but um, really it's just, it's just a really great outlet to get to know people that have the same struggles you do and to um, just kind of learn and educate and uh, be there for one another. Great. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. We really appreciate you taking time out of your day to speak with us. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was this was nice. Absolutely. Yes, good luck on your journey to becoming a genetic counselor. Very thank you. Hopefully, <laughs> thank you. I have a couple more years. I'm only a sophomore, but um, hopefully, you'll get there. <laughs> you will. You will. Um, thank you again. And thank you to our listeners for joining us on the Mito podcast. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can also email us at mitopodcast at gmail.com. And you can also find us on YouTube. We are on there now. Most of our, um, episodes are audio only, but we do have a couple that have video on there. So go ahead and go to YouTube and take a listen, or you can just go to mitopodcast.com. Thank you.